Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. If you're looking for extra horsepower in your bet, there's only one place to get set, and that's Top Sport. And with Top Sport's new Same Race Multi, you'll see the odds skyrocket by combining your selections in a single bet. Multiply your excitement in the same race on thoroughbreds, greyhounds and harness racing. Download the app today for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Hello, legends. Big news this week. Uh, not footy related, but I reckon I've officially reached the age where I'm not confident to fart anymore. Younger years, yeah, throw them out as well as anyone these days. Let's just say there's been a few near disasters. Possibly some fart jokes in this episode of the Rugby League Superpod, maybe some dick jokes as well. Plenty of footy talk, more footy talk than any other show. And we talk to the superstars for you. You've been warned. Defensively, what is the role of an edge back rower, a second rower? I could try and baffle you with bullshit, but instead I decided to get one of the pros in. Elliot Whitehead from the Canberra Raiders has dropped in. Defensively, mate, what is the role of the back rower on the edge? Like it feels like just make as many tackles as you can through a game. That's how I feel like. <laughs> but no, look, you know, I feel like we have a massive job, you know, to keep our middles and our edges um, connected. Um, you know, I think we need to keep communicating to both of inside and outside and you know it's, it's massive for us to get our middles to work and put pressure on the half so they can't get to me and isolate the halfback um, it's not too bad for me because I've got Jack White outside me who's a great defender but you know some of the smaller halfbacks it's a, it's a bit harder for them to you know control people like Kiko Gabba one-on-one and stuff like that As a back rower now do you have to be a real talker defensively trying to keep your edge and your middles working as one? Yeah, that's I, I believe that, you know, with the way the game's going as well, how fast it's getting now, yeah. I, I believe it's a massive key to have that um, aspect as a back rower and, and be a good communicator. Um, so, yeah, that's what I tried to learn all our young kids that um, will probably fill in at back row this year with John Bateman leaving. And, you know, as long as they're talking, it makes their job easier as well because they're always switched on knowing what their, their role is. Mate, how important is it for your decision to be a confident decision and an early one so the three guys on your outside don't get confused defensively. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's massive. You know, if I sink in and then it, the three outside me have to make a decision, whereas if I'm more calm and can get my middle to work hard for me to put pressure on the half to make a play, I don't have to buy in, which then lets Jacko and my centre and my winger just be a bit more calmer. And, you know, so hopefully it just comes down to the last two making the, the, the decision together instead of a three or four of us having to try to do it. A really strong left edge at Canberra when everyone's fit. Jared obviously has had a shoulder reconstruction, is out early in the year, but it's big bodies, there's some speed there. But across the four of you, really good tackling technique. Yeah, definitely. It's something we really work hard on and, you know, we, we test ourselves week in, week out, but at training as well, we, 
we like to go up against the right edge and we try to do a competition for, throughout the year to to see who can concede the least least amount of tries. And, you know, it's something we really pride ourselves on, especially on the left, yeah. Who's better, left side or right side at the Raiders? Left side, baby. You got it. A little something on the role of a back rower. Thank you to the legend, Elliot Whitehead, for dropping in. I look forward to chatting footy again sometime soon, mate. Thank you, mate. Cheers for having me. Question, what's the greatest sound in the world? But what's better than cracking a coldie? Cracking half a dozen. This is Six Pack of Superstars revealing our top six. We're opening up another six-pack and Cowboys great Matty Bowen has just arrived in time. Mango, we're asking you for the best six fullbacks you've seen and why. Fire away. Best six, I think, over the years. I think, as I said, I was, I'm a fan of Super League. I just love watching Chris Berlinski play, yeah. Fred Linsky. He played for the uh, mighty Wigan Warriors, man. I loved him as a player um, and I was lucky enough to be under him over at Wigan Warriors. And um, Darren Lockyer, when he was a fullback, he sort of moved into the house. But Lockyer Lockie was just the ultimate fullback. He was the, the competitor he is. And I was lucky enough to play alongside him. Um, uh, I don't know who else. I think yeah, Brasher. You know, I was lucky enough as, as, a, as a junior for me coming through the Cowboys. I was a half. We just spoke about four. And, mate, to have Brasher, Tim Brasher in there, in the club, you know, he was um, up there and um, you know, I was lucky enough to be, you know, working under him. Yep. To be honest, I, he, he, he showed me a lot. He, he taught me a lot. And um, so Brash would be one as well. Um, today's game, I think, um, you know, you see Tedesco, James Tedesco, uh, mate, he just just pops up everywhere. Yeah. You know, he, he must be fit. He is fit to be to do that. Um, so Tedesco is one of the ultimate competitors you know, in in today's game. Um, and I don't know, Tommy Turbo, you yep. know, he's, he's one of those guys, um, you know, if, to be a good fullback, to score tries, just to be, you know, within the, you know, vicinity to score a try. I yep. think he, he, he's, he has that knack. And what obviously made ultimate, obviously Billy Slater, you know, you can't go past Bill. Billy's just a, yeah, he just, I think he he does everything. He's he, he's a defensive fullback, he's an attacking fullback, he can kick the ball, he can pass. Um, and, and on top of that, he's a leader as well, so Bill. I'm sitting here as you're going through the six, and I was expecting Billy to be the first one, and I thought you were going to leave him out. I thought, oh, this is a beauty. We've got a no. fight. <laughs> we're going to fight in our hands between Billy and Mango. He no, no. he was brilliant, wasn't he, Billy Slater? And and you came through at a time where you know he was at the peak of his powers. Most definitely, yeah. I was at the wrong time, I think. But you know, that's saying that I was like. As I said, you know, to, to, to play alongside those guys and see how they go about their business, um, you know, it, in that such a big arena as well, and, and, and just to play against him and have that competitive, um, you know, spirit. Obviously, yep. playing against him and being in the same team is, yeah. So you know, so Bills, yeah, be the ultimate one. What I love about fullback and keeping an eye on it, I guess, over the last twenty-five years, and in particular the last five years. The fullbacks game's really changing, isn't it? It's evolving. 
It is, mate. He's just just an extra ball player. He can kick, now they can all kick. They can pass both sides. Um, you know, back then you was just a just like a punt returner in the in the <laughs> NFL. You just tuck it tuck it under your wing and get as much um, yards as possible. But now these days they can you know do whatever. They can pass. They can kick and 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 yeah. So it's, it is it is game we love now. Um, so it's you know, it is pretty good. You played all your junior footy in the halves, moving to fullback. What was the biggest surprise and the biggest shock to the system when you started playing first grade as a number one? Mate, just the, the amount of talking you have to do. Yep. Organised, you know, from behind in, in defence especially and because um, I was, wasn't the most um, vocal person. Yeah. You know, I was pretty quiet. But, you know, once you at fullback, you sort of have to do that. That and the amount of you know the distance, the the the, the, the grass you cover um, within the game, and you have to be fit, you know, to be uh, yeah. to cover all that all that all that space. And but it made I enjoyed it. It gave me room in, in kick returns, is you know, get get the ball in my hands uh, you know, more often than not. So yeah, I enjoyed it. The Dream Team episodes are next level. You can listen to them anytime because they don't date, and I reckon you disagree with all of them. It's the ultimate argument starter. Who's in your Dream Team? You can pick any player from any era, any team, and then combine them. You're the coach. Here's a couple of positional choices from some of the game's best. Let's start with the great Jimmy Dimmick. Okay, who have you named as your lock? Uh, my lock is Brad Fittler. Yeah, I actually met uh, Freddie. Um, we played against him. I was in uh, yeah that side with Terry Hill Central Met. We yeah. played, um, it was the Liverpool side um, in, in the grand final. And actually, um, Freddie ended up catching the bus back with us, uh, back to Sydney. And, and like Terry was holding court and that. Yeah. So, but, and uh, Freddie was just, just looking and going, mate. He never stops talking. This bloke, <laughs> and you know, from from there, like me, we we played under tens, and I played um, uh, under fifteens uh, for the Catholics with Freddie. Yep. Uh, um, under seventeens, New South Wales with him, and then I ended up playing Origin with him. Um, That's cool. Yeah, ninety six to ninety eight, and uh, in in ninety five, we ended up. Freddie was the captain, and then we won the World Cup. So it's funny how that's like, amazing, yeah, isn't it? It's funny like how you keep that. Um, that that friendship uh, when you're younger, yeah, and it just carries on throughout. throughout he was the brilliant grades. too as a kid, wasn't he? Oh, mate, he was unbelievable. Yeah. He was a man child, you know. So. Yes, yeah, he yeah, certainly yeah, was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, the man child Brad Fittler is the lock. What about your second rowers? Uh, second row, I've got uh, Jason Smith and Darren Brown, and with Smithy again, like I played against him when um, in the under fifteens, like when. Me and Freddie were the Catholics. Yep. Um, Smithy was playing for for Queensland. Uh, he, and he was very skillful, skillful player. Like he, even then, yeah, even then, and he, you know, you see him over the side smoking the bungers and that. When he's fifteen, he goes, "Who's that bloke? He's on the darts." And I said, "Mate, he's a machine." And I end up playing with him at Canterbury and yeah. um, um, at Parramatta. Uh, yeah, so skillful. He's mate, unbelievable. He. Um, you know, he had that 
have that vision that, that, that yeah. you can see three and four four steps ahead and he could play slow, you know, he knew how to play slow. Yeah, there's big there's an art in, in playing slow or, or playing fast and he had that tempo, um he could play either or so and also he was very tough, mate. I've yeah. seen him get he used to get hammered, his head used to get hammered from pillar to post and oh mate, he used to just get up. So he was so tough, but and then he'd have a bunger after it. Yeah, God bless him. <laughs> Uh, and Darren Brown, Darren Brown. He now he was a legend. Darren Brown was um, he was a South Sydney um, made freak. He was uh, when I was younger. He was actually playing for Waterloo, and he used to come and pick my brother up uh, to go training. And he used to come down in this um, uh, yellow Commodore, and he used to have this magic wand. He, in the passenger seat, oh, she was a glamour. She was a glamour. And he would come down. I'll be waiting at the front, waiting for him. Get me, bro. What are you waiting for? I said, I'm waiting for Brownie, mate. He'd come. He'd have his Sheila in there and he'd just go, just wave to me. How you going, brother? You thought it was the greatest oh, thing ever. Oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. But I got to pay for him at, at South and, yep. and And when we were over in England, um, you know, he was at Salford and that. So he was so skillful. Yeah. He, um, he was good with the ball and. Uh, tough, tough man. So um, yeah, you know, I always tell Brownie that um, I really uh, look up, looked up to him when I when I was young. He goes, "No, you did." I said, "Mate, I did, mate. I liked the way you played." And uh, the the side that he played in the SG Ball side, um, they won. I think they beat Para. That year, I think it might have been nineteen eighty five or something like that. Okay, I think um, well, Graham Lyons was playing. Yeah, I think he was playing lock then, mate. He was unbelievable wow. too. So, but um, Brownie was he was so skillful and he was just. Just too smart for him on days, you know. So I really – I took a little bit off that, you know, into my uh, ball playing. Nice. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Brownie. Up next, Premiership winner, Glenn Hall. So team one, fullback, we've got Brett Stewart, the snake. Uh, amazing. And and I suppose the time I had with him at Manly, he was in a rare vein of form. Did some things on the football field that were amazing. So yeah. – and I, I won a grand final with him. And, uh, yeah, the snake's definitely my number one. Great pick. Uh, your two wingers? Two wingers are Stephen Bell and Brent Tate, probably my more recognised as centres. Yeah. But, um, you know, both played rep football. Both, you know, Tatey played for Australia, played um, Origin on the wing. Yep. Um, and, and centre, very versatile. So Steve Bell, but both very consistent, very professional. Um, yeah. And, you know, very mentally strong guys. Plenty of episodes of Dream Team with some of the biggest names in footy, some cracking lists and explanations as well. Check the back catalogue of episodes and rip in. You know you can listen to any of our episodes or interviews at any time because none of them ever date, ever. Uh, Let's wind back the clock here to our Legends Series interview. It's a two-part interview with the mighty Mick Cronin. How many offers were there to come to Sydney and play and and from which clubs? Probably. I always remember... Well, I, can't, I can't remember him just trying. He was the boss of Eastern Club Herbs at the time. Ronnie Jones, Ronnie perhaps? Jones rang him and he said, look, he just said, would you like, I thought you might like to come to Sydney. I said, no, nah, I'm not interested. He said, oh, I thought you might like to cash in on the Kangaroo Tour. I said, no, nah, thanks for the offer, but I'm, very, I'm happy with that, you know. And I probably, you know, as a St George, but probably because you're a local yep. in, in North Sydney. I was always a North Sydney support. I was a North Sydney supporter all my life, actually. A Bears man. I was a Bears man, actually, yeah. And, and Timmy pick up too, because I've become good mates with Timmy on yep. Timmy was a bit of a character, but 
He tried to get me to go to Norse and he tried to get me to go to Canterbury, actually. Did you actually have a verbal agreement with Canterbury at one stage? Well, look, that's, you do silly things when you think, when you, think you know <laughs> what you're going to do. And I did. I spoke to Peter Moore. And he seemed like a good bloke. He was. Yeah. I enjoyed it. He was a funny bloke. But I said, look, if I ever come to Sydney, I'll come to Canterbury. I think I made this statement in 1975, actually. Okay. Thinking I'd never come. And then I, the process with Terry Fernley probably started in 75, the end of 75. He, he first came and saw me, you know, and I never ever thought any more about it. But when I finally just decided, well, actually, I was always looking for ways to get, he was too good for me, Terry Fernley. He wore me down. But, um, and that's what impressed me about him in some ways. That, yep. that, that's probably another story to a degree. But when I finally decided to go, I said, look, but I, give him, I said, I'll give him a word to Peter Moore that if I go to Sydney, I'll go to Canterbury. Yep. Now, if he holds me to that, I said, I won't be going. Simple as that. I said, if he holds me to it, I said, I'll just, I'll stay in Jeringal. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, I'll go and see Bullfrog. And at the time, there was a 13 import rule. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they, they had one spot open. They were keeping it open for Keith Harris. So Bullfrog said, I won't hold him to that. Yeah. Another guy that's joined us on the podcast, another legend with an amazing story to tell, the great Roycey Simmons. You were known as, a, as one of the boys and a guy that loved a good time. You loved a beer and you loved a bet. I've got to ask about the day at the races. On the way home with your Panthers... You and your good mate Johnny Cartwright stopped the bus at a cricket oval. What happened, Roy boy? Um, yeah, well, uh, we're on the way home and um, they were, we'd, we'd been to the races and lost our money like we, we always do. And we had, we'd hired ourselves a bus so, you know, we'd have um, safety sort of, you know, to get home and all yep. that sort of stuff. So we're on the bus on the way home and... They're all putting rubbish on me. You know, this is later in my career. Oh, you old bludgy, you know, you're getting slow. You can't do this. You can't. They're ripping into me. And I said, all right. I said, Cartwright, I said, you reckon you're quick? He said, yeah. I said, well, right, let's pull up at your old oval, St Mary's Oval. So we, we've got the bus to go up there. We've got the bus to pull up and shine the lights up the thing. And I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have 100 Yard race. I said, you're going to start in the dead ball line yep. and I'm going to start in the try line. And I said, I've got to see if you can uh, get past me by the try line. He said, I'll go past you by the 25. I said, all right, we'll see. And I'll tell you what, mate, seven or eight yards is a lot of start in 100 yeah. minutes. He didn't realise how yep. far it was, all right. So so we got up there. He's on the – I'm on the try line. He's on the dead ball line. Go. So we've got to the 75 and he's nowhere near me, you know, and the bus lights shining, shining, so it was hard to see where you were going, you know, and you'd had a couple. So I thought, oh, I think I'm past the try line, you know, I thought, but I'll just go a bit further to make sure that I have gone past because I don't want to stop and him beat me in the last thing. Well, then I hit the fence at the end of the thing. There was a... There was a four be. There was one of them, you know, the fences with the little sort of, uh, you know, the they had the one poles and the and the one rail around oh. the top. The one rail around the top. Yeah, and it was the wooden ones with the like the corner on. So, oh. so I hit that as going as fast as I could go, <laughs> and 
I uh, I hit it, and this was we had a week off, mm. so so I said to the boys, well, "We'll all go down the races. We've got a day off. Yeah, you know, we're the weekend off." So I hit <laughs> I hit the fence and and um, and um, it. It, it it cleaned me up, you know. So I'm on the, knocked all the wind out of me. I'm doing these ones, you know, and all the boys couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. They're all laughing around. So I got on the on the on the bus then, and we headed back to Penrith. And the boys were saying, "Oh well, we'll you know we all might go down to the to the club or something." And yep. and you know we've had a good day, so we just go down to the club and have a couple, and we'll, we'll all head home and. I said to the boys, I think you better drop me off. I'm not, you know, I'm not real good. So uh, anyway, they, um, they they dropped me off and the wife saying, what are you doing coming home so early? Yeah. You know, you thought the boy, I thought you was going out for a bit of dinner. What did he go? I said, oh, no, I said, I'm not real good. <laughs> I've just hit the fence down at the thing anyway. Any episode, any time, download the Lot of Them Legends. We've got you covered. Here's a short interview we've run previously with Joel Kane talking about commentary hangovers, literally. Well, Andy, I'm, I'm not showing a bias to our side, their side, my side, your side. I'm, I'm showing a bias against the Newcastle Knights. I think it was the, the case in this game. Yeah. They'd had this battle with Canberra. They were struggling there, the Newcastle Knights, for a period of time. But whenever they met Canberra, it was always a battle royale. And what had happened uh, inexplicably the day before, my great mate Stephen Price yeah. is having a few drinky poos with myself at home on the, on the Saturday, right? And I'm scheduled to call the Sunday 2pm game. Now, I must preface this by saying I'm very embarrassed by this yeah. because it's the only time I've been quite unprofessional in my, uh, you know, my duty of being a caller, yeah. which I'm sure we've all done once or twice. We but, have. But anyway, yeah, this one particular time uh, I'm having a few beers with said man, Stephen Price, and we get a visit from a bloke called the Big Man, right? Oh, dear. Yeah, so the Big Man's over, Stephen Price is over, and the last thing that happened that night, that Pricey was tucking me into bed. I'm naked and he's tucking me into bed, and I wake <laughs> up in the morning and my wife said, Joel, you've got a flight to catch. You're going to Canberra. So I quickly get dressed and off I go to the airport and I'm in one of those small planes and you've done this flight a million times, right? It's a shocker. It's a shocker. And it's a little washing machine flight and I'm that crook and I'm in the in the plane with Kevy Wallers and Gary Belcher and we land and I said, boys, I've just got to go to the bathroom. And being professional, I haven't shared my situation with yeah. the boys. So I go to the bathroom and Badge goes, oh, mate, geez, you're in there a while. Was it a number two? And I, I came clean at this stage. I said, no, Badger, it was a number three, right? So I've had an up and under and on that crook. <laughs> so all I'm thinking about, you know what it's like when you've had a few drinking poos, the next day, there's not 24 hours in the day, there's upwards of 40, right? Yes. <laughs> so you're looking at that clock and I'm looking at the playing clock and the, the, the Raiders are doing it comfortably and they're going to win, right? And or well, vice versa, I can't even actually remember who was leading. But anyway, there's this kick from the touchline. And this kick from the touchline for a try scored on the bell is going to take the game to golden point, right? Oh, <laughs> Which is the last thing I need. Yeah. The last thing I need. So the director knows about this, and you know about that little green button, which is a sneaky button where you can talk off air, but to the director. Yep. And here I am. And and I need to remember whether it was the Knights or the Raiders who, who made the comeback. But anyway, it, it might have been the Raiders. Say it was Aiden Caesar, you know. Here he is, Aiden Caesar from the touchline. A huge kick. Exciting stuff here for Canberra. I press the green button 
to the and everyone in the world wants us to go to Golden Point. Yeah. And I pressed the green button to the director. I said, "Please miss it. Please miss this. Because I need this day over." <laughs> and Caesar from the touchline. He's kicked it. He's kicked it. What a remarkable goal. Oh. We're going to Golden Point, you beauty. Right. And deep down, I'm just in my chair. I'm sulking like, no, this day's never going to end. I had a call that afternoon uh, from a Fox director who, who um, quite senior at the time, and they said, mate, that's one of the best calls you've ever done. And I, I will never, ever put myself in that scenario ever again, Andy. It was, it was the longest day of my life. I love it, Joel. <laughs> We love our awesome sponsors, Oxworks. Check them out, oxworks.com.au. From the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Tane Milner's dropped in on the podcast, mate. Is there another winger, any winger in particular, that gives you headaches? And if so, why? Um, cur- uh, currently, uh, I can't really think of... Oh, not headaches, but I like the challenge. Um, yeah, will be my mate, my mate at Parramatta there, Sivo. Um, so, like I said, a strong ball runner. Um, he, if he's not, he's if he's not going to run around you, he's going to run straight over the top of you. So, absolutely, uh, it's a big challenge when you come up against old Micah there. So, yeah, mate, the wingers they're getting bigger. They're getting more talented each year. They're getting bigger. They're getting bigger. There's some serious monsters out there now. I mean, you're a big unit yourself, but the, this next generation, physically, they're huge. Yeah, mate. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're getting fed. Uh, it's the chickens. Some of them are just. You look there, you think they're front rowers, and then yeah, you, you get out on the field and you're matched up against them. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, there's um, there's a, there's a lot of big units floating around, especially on the wings here. Thanks for the chat, Legend. Thanks, mate. Want the ultimate unfiltered message for your mates? I'll say anything you want. Ripping heads off and shitting down necks all day long. Find me on Swish at swish.com. Time for a quick chat and to get his thoughts on something really cool. This is a short interview with Jamie Soward. One of the great stories I've been fortunate enough to hear in a private uh, conversation that I'm going to share publicly here uh, at different times with Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart, they've both told me this. When they played together, at times when they felt they were struggling, one of them removed themselves from the attacking set of six and basically stood out the back of the ruck and just watched, monitored the defence for six tackles. The next set he'd come back in, inject himself, know what was happening, know where the weaknesses were, and they were able to claw their way out of a little hole by stop, look, and listen. It'd be really hard to do at the moment, the way the game is, but what a terrific yarn about two of the greats and one of the best combinations, seeing what's in front of them and actually playing it. Yeah, and it goes against every coach's yeah. you know, philosophy in um, go and you know, tell your halfback to run the ball or tell him to get involved. And you know, it's, a, it's a great point because myself and Ben Hornby, you know, if you look at the halves pair, and I'm not disrespecting you know, what we did, but if you look at the great halves pairings over the last 20 years, I don't think we'd rank you know, in the top 10 in terms of premiership winners. Okay. But we had, for me, we had this amazing 
connection of, okay, you know, we had the left-hand side attack was cooking. So for me, rather than get jealous about that, I had to realise, okay, I might just have to support the ball here and, yeah. um, you know, take a set off, not a set off, but more or less just worry about my set end or, mm. uh, and Benny Hornby was the same. We'd have nights where I was cooking and I just, I mean, oh nine, I had a season where the ball would bounce past six people and, and end up in my hands and I'd be yeah. running away to school. Like that was the season I had. Um, but when it came to finals, I sort of pulled back a little bit because I wasn't really sure and Benny Hornby took over and you know, it didn't finish the way we wanted, but it prepared me for the following year and, and we had this amazing relationship of, you know, we knew when each other was on and when we had to support the ball. And you look at the grand final, you know, all our tries came down the right-hand side. We had a kick plan that I'd like to think we executed pretty well. But Benny Hornby throws the passes on that right-hand side and I swapped to the left. Now, that wasn't me being pissy. That was just me putting my ego aside and going, yeah, let's win here. So I think the great combinations have that. You know, Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster have it. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary have it. And I wasn't saying it to, to get a rap for about my halves pairing. I just think if you look at the big names, you'd go Sourd and Hornby. But what we did well is we respected each other's you know, strengths and worked with each other's strengths. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Imagine the Beaver putting one over here now. The boy from Narrabeen, he debuted in 93. Now, it's come from off it to Beaver. He got it away for Robinson, he got it back for the Beaver. Menzies has scored. Menzies is over the line. Stephen Menzies has scored in the grand final. His departing grand final. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with the JMOs, Josh Morris. Now, this one, mate, is from... It's obviously not his name, and he's obviously a tragic, but this is a beauty. Big Gay Al in the purple glittery hat asks... 2009, top try score at the Bulldogs, Origin and Kangaroo debut. Is that the year? Is that the year that stands out? Um, yeah, it's one of them. Um, you know, I went over to the Bulldogs. Um, they gave me the opportunity to play centre there at the, at the Dragons at the time. I, they saw me more as a winger, so it was probably about me going over to, to there and proving myself and knowing that I was a centre and um, yeah, I was able to get the WM Centre of the Year that year. Um, played for New South Wales in Australia. So, mm. yeah, that was right up there. 2012 was a, another fantastic yep. year. Um, you know, we made the grand final that year. And, and then, yeah, probably uh, back end, uh, you know, the Sharks had a really good really good year there. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the last two years at, at the Roosters, uh, I, I feel like, you know, they, they were probably some – Really memorable years for me. And this big boy, Nathan Kalis. 
from Kevin in Pukekohe. Hey, Nathan, loved you as a player. Who's your all-time New Zealand 17? Who you got? Oh, yeah. Um, great question. So... A lot of lot of players that I was able to play with, a few players that I didn't sort of get too much time to play with as well. So uh, I'll start off with uh, fullback, you know, Tango past Roger, Roger yep. Tuivasa-Shek, uh, just a phenomenal player. I was lucky enough to work with the Warriors uh, for a year, a couple of years ago, and Roger's outstanding on the field, but what he does at training, he just yeah. drives the players so wow. much there. And there was often so many times where we had to pull Roger out of a drill or pull him out of training so that the rest of the players could catch up on their GPS systems. He was just way ahead of everyone else. Wow. And, and how he trained, his attitude, his talk, and he just drove everything. So he's going to be a massive loss, not only for the Warriors, but to rugby league. You, yep. know, it's, um, you know, it's a shame that he's leaving the game, but he'll do really well in uh, in Union where he's going. Um the two wingers, uh, I've had to think long and hard about my wingers. I, I sort of looked at uh, sort of club, international, but then also what they did off the field and yep. the way they were able to bring teams together. So two wingers would be uh, Sean Hoppy oh, and Richie yeah. Barnett, uh, two legend yeah. guys and really good tourists, really, really good tourists uh, when you're away with them, especially as a young guy. I remember they both sort of looked after me and took me under their wing uh, yeah, both had really successful club club careers yeah. as well. Uh, really smooth guys off the field and uh, went having a beer. So uh, <laughs> they, they'll be my uh, my two wingers there. Obviously, uh, Leslie Bonacolo, he's um, a, a mention there as well. Yeah. He was a beast and um, didn't play a whole lot in the NRL but went over and had a great career over in the UK yeah, in the Super did, League. He? And he's still over there now as well. So, yeah, he was uh, – he was great. Um, centres, uh, first centre would be Nigel Vungana, um, great club footy player, uh, scored a record amount of tries there. I think he held the record there for a while uh, with the Dogs and then who can forget his uh, finger counting when he was scoring those tries. Was it five? Five tries. Five tries. In a club game? Yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, so, so Nigel, but yeah, he, he moved positions in the Kiwi team to accommodate the team as well. So he yep. moved from centres to 5'8 uh, and really took up a leadership role when Brian McClellan uh, took over, yep. Bluey, when he took over as uh, Kiwi's coach there. So he was a, a mainstay and really saw a real transition himself and Ruben Wiki really yep. pushed the transition of New Zealand being, you know, okay to lose to the big brother Australia mm. to go, no, we're going to beat these guys over and over again. Um, other centre you know, might be, you know, some people may not agree, but uh, someone who was a little bit understated uh, would be Paul Fatuera. Uh, he won a couple of premierships yeah. and he was involved in the 2005 Tri-Nations World Cup victory. Um, you know, so yeah. he had a lot of... Had a lot of success wherever you know, wherever he played, mm. Paul, and and you know, he was another guy that he just got in and did his job. Didn't yep. say a lot, yeah, um, and got in and did his job to the the best of his ability. And you know, he won a competition with the Tigers, and then went over to uh, I think it was Penrith first, and then went to the Tigers. Tigers so yep. you know, he uh, yeah you know, he had an outstanding career. Mm. Uh, himself. Yeah, he won in premierships oh three oh five, didn't he? Like yeah, two yeah. years apart and two. Probably underdog teams, you know. Very much so. Yeah, and then 2005 with the Kiwis uh, and that 24 nil win yep. over over Australia at Leeds there, and then obviously the biggest upset of them all in 2008 when we were able to win the the World Cup. So uh, halves can't go past Benji, outstanding yeah. player, great guy, great fella, one of the funniest blokes I've uh, 
had the uh, pleasure to play with, yeah, whether he's, he's, given it, whether he's given it to you or given it to someone else yep. or given it to the coach. Um, the best one was 2008 where you were lucky enough to have Wayne Bennett come in and help us out. Yep. And right from the start, Benji just hammered him the whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is Wayne Bennett. But Wayne was great. Got on the back of the bus, he'd walk – He'd walk up to the back of the bus, sit with all the boys at the yeah. back, and you know he was he was really good for us. So um, yeah, Benji, you've really got to be on your toes around him. You can't give him an ounce of uh, any um, uh, any arsenal to, to give you a hard he's time because he's just he's into you all the time. Wow. Uh, but a really good, really good guy. And yep, yeah, him and uh, can't go past the little general Stacey Jones. Yeah. Um, if not one of the best halves to play the game. Agreed. You know, another one shame that. He wasn't able to to win a premiership. He got mm. close with the Warriors there, two thousand and two, and yep. was probably only due to that Richard Villasanti brain snap on Brad Fittler, which really One of fired the, great the roosters brain up. Snaps. Yeah, really fired the roosters up, and the game was in the balance. There, I think the Warriors might have been in front. It's funny you say that because I've done Legend series interviews with both Stacey Jones and Adrian Morley, who were in and around that, and both guys said that was the turning point in the game. Warriors were in front and the Roosters went, screw this. They were in front and Stacey yeah. scored that all-time try oh, in the grand wow. final. Yeah. Uh, great kicking game, great fella too. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of good times on tour. Uh, and, again, I was lucky enough to work with him over at the Warriors and it's a bit of a coaching capacity and uh, it was great to be able to experience that as well. Um, then you go and move into the forward pack. You, you need you, you, know, you need your front rowers to, to lead the way. You need your hard men to be setting the standard there and definitely can't go past probably two of the best that I've seen play the game, whether they're Australian or New Zealand, would be Jared, Warrior Hargreaves, yep. and uh, Jesse Bromwich. Yep. You know, two guys that have done everything in the game. You know, I think the, probably the last thing for those two guys is to win a World Cup with New Zealand and, yeah. and hopefully they get a chance to do that next year. Yeah. I'm fortunate that they didn't get a chance to do that this year. Mm. Um, you know, Madge has done a really good job to get New Zealand to that number one standing yep. at the moment and uh, really built the squad nicely. Uh, so those two guys, uh, you know, for me, they're uh, – they're definitely going to get the team going forward. They're, they're different type of players too. You know, they've both got a good good skill level. Jared's that, you know, he's the hard man. He's really yeah. going to lead the team. Jesse also does that, but he's got that nice pass and yeah. great footwork for a guy that's so big, uh, so agile, uh, you know, to, to be able to do that as well. Um, uh, bringing those two guys together, um, I, I sort of had to think quite a fair bit about, uh, nine, but yeah, you know, hooker the hooker position, and um, there's been you know there's been a lot of players that have had to fill a role there, you know, yeah. and a lot of nines that have come and gone. Oh, I started, and we had a guy by the name of Sid Eru, and yes. he was with the Warriors. There. He was really tough and yeah, hard, very much. Um, yeah, we also had Monty Beethman fill in there, and yep. we had, we've had a lot of players fill in. Nathan Fien actually, we moved him from the halves into hooker. Yeah, uh, swapped over. Uh, Thomas Lulawai and Nathan Fien. Yep. They just sort of weren't working in the half, so switched the position. So we've had a lot of guys fill, uh, fill that in. But I'll probably put in there uh, for mine just um, not only the way he played, played all of his career over in the UK, but it would be Robbie Paul. Yeah. Uh, just what he was able to do with his footwork um, and how he could take advantage of a tiring Defensive team or tiring middle. Uh, he was also outstanding social coordinator as well. So he'd is be, that right? He'd be the nine, and he'd also be the number one social coordinator. Just which is important. Going on tour. Yep. Knew every great spot to go to in the UK. Wouldn't Robbie uh, Paul, a guy like that who transitioned from the halves to nine, 
be an absolute standout in the modern game under these new rules. Yeah, he would. Uh, super fit, very intelligent. Uh, you know, him and his brother were, were were two outstanding players. Like they were way ahead of the game over in the UK. Uh, his brother Henry, they you know they, they've done some wonderful things over there. They were very successful with the Bradford Bulls yep. uh, as well. Um, back rowers, uh, back rowers for me uh, can't go past Steve Kearney. Um, and probably a question I would have to you, can you have a like can you have someone be a player and a coach you'd have captain coach Stephen. captain coach for, yeah. for Big what Wilkes. he's done for New Zealand rugby league yep. and and the amount of success that he's had as a New Zealand Lock coach it in. there's been a lot of uh, a lot of really good coaches Frank Endicott was uh, yep. a legendary coach for New Zealand uh, had some success you know we, we had some really good victories there but what Steve Kearney has done as a player for New Zealand and what he did with Melbourne, uh, but also as a coach, you know, 2008, won the World Cup, uh, won Tri-Nations. He's won a, a few of those as well. So the amount of success that he's had. Um, the other back rower would be Mark Rome. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, real hard, big dude. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see him play a lot of footy, but... You know, I've spoken to a lot of people around uh, the type of man that he was, uncompromising. Uh, you know, when you look at Jared, Jesse, you know, Steve Kearney and Mark Graham in that forward pack, oh. uh, they're, they're, they're pretty scary. Yes. Pretty scary sort of dudes. So, <laughs> um, and I would, I would sort of lock or tie all those guys together with someone that was instrumental, I, I believe, in us winning the World Cup in 2008. He Started his career pretty late as an NRL player and uh, had some success at a couple of clubs. And he was a player that I know Wayne uh, took with him to a couple of places, especially after that World Cup, and that's uh, Jeremy Smith. Yeah. Real hard guy, really skillful. But he really he changed the way we thought about ourselves as players in that 2008 campaign. And then we went on and, and won a few things, and they went on and they won a few – uh, tri-nations and four nations with him at the helm of the team. And he just had this belief, uh, belief and hardness about himself and and he wouldn't cop anything poor at training. Uh, he was just obviously that Melbourne mindset around preparation. Yep. Um, you know, it was super important to him. So, you know, he, he'd definitely be the, the guy that, you know, he didn't play a whole heap of tests, but what he was able to get out of his body and play till he was 36. Yeah. Uh, had success with Melbourne, went to the Dragons, one up there with them, and then Wayne took him to Newcastle to try and get them going again yep. after a lot of poor results as a club. Mm. And he was certainly a big part of them turning around, and now they're back in the top eight uh, with their attitude and, and things like that. So, um, you know, he's definitely one that will lock the, lock the team up. Um, to the bench, I suppose the bench is, uh, is it's going to be a, a tough one, challenging one there. Yep. Um, I'd have to have, you know, for me, I'd have Thomas Lulawai. Yep. As my 14. As your 14. Yeah, so he could cover halves, he could cover nine position. At a pinch, he could probably cover lock as well because of the way he defends. Yeah. He's yeah. a tough defender uh, and tough player. You know, he's had a lot of success overseas uh, and, and did really well with New Zealand. Um, the forwards, so I would go with a, a, a three looking at power forward rotation. Yep, so three um, middles. Three middles, but one of those middles would have to be able to play a combination of lock and, and be able to pass the footy through the yep. middle. So um, I'd have Joe Vangana. Uh, Joe Vangana wow. was my power punch off the bench. Yep. Um, you know, he was a phenomenal guy to play with, big guy, athletic guy, and 
um, someone that really started to bring the Warriors through and he yes. was another one that yeah. went over to the uh, UK and, and had a lot of success with that Bradford Bulls team as well. Yep. Uh, I'd have um, Simon Mannering. Now, Simon yep. Mannering, he finished off his career playing at lock but could also play back row. Yep. He could pass the footy. He got also at a pinch uh, cover in the centres as yeah. well. So you need that coverage off your bench. Um, whether this is more my coaching hat on at the moment, <laughs> but um, just when I was trying to think about a team, you know, you want to give an opinion on how they played, the That's type right. of guy they are, but then also how they're actually going to fill the role. So mm. you've got a team that can compete yep. and do really well. Um, and yeah, my final, uh, my final bench position. Um, something that I've sort of had to had to think sort of long and hard, but when I thought about it, and this guy, you know, he's been the heart and soul of the Kiwi team for a long, long time, and um, you know, I, I probably would be a, a flip of the coin or toss of the coin between him and Jeremy Smith at lock would be Ruben Wiki. Yeah, you know, I'd sort of, you know, he'd definitely be me vice captain if not captain. And, yep. Easily could swap him out for for Jeremy, but um, you know Ruben's played record number of tests and you know, led the team for a long, long time. Then he was blue shirt. You know, he was our blue shirt, and he was a big part of us winning the two thousand eight World Cup. And um, he's running his own fitness empire over there in New yeah. Zealand and doing really well. So yeah, hope I've, uh, hopefully I've given everyone justice there, and I haven't forgot it. Forgotten anyone? I don't know if you uh, had any other opinions on any positions, but... What a fabulous side. And I tell you what, when the team meeting started and Ruben, Mark Graham and Stephen Kearney got up to speak, everyone's listening. There's no mucking up at the back of the classroom. Fabulous team, mate. Aussie footy shorts. Footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse footy-shorts.com.au Okay, some big news about our Aussie footy shorts in the next fortnight. We're giving away 10 pairs to you guys. 10 pairs. All you got to do is follow them on either Instagram or Facebook, Aussie Footy Shorts. That's all you have to do to be in with a chance to win. 10 pairs to go in the next fortnight. Get following, get liking. Choose your style now. Aussie footy shorts, footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. Shorts for any occasion. footy-shorts.com.au Let's go back to March 29, 2019. It was debut day for our guest. Hudson Young was playing for Canberra against Newcastle, ironically, because he grew up in Maitland. Huddy joins us now. What stands out from the day, mate? Um, I'll probably cast it back a week or so leading up to the to the debut. I um, I spoke to Ricky at training and he actually said that I wasn't debuting and um, and then come back about 10 minutes later and said that he's changed his mind that I am going to play. So um, it's a feeling that I'll never forget. And, yeah. uh, being able to ring my family and that sort of stuff. Uh, but you can't go past... I think running out with the Viking clap, uh, everyone always spoke about how good it was and that, but until you actually um, are there in the change rooms and that and you come out and, and you get that feeling, um, you can't describe uh, how good it feels and um, especially wearing uh, the jersey that you grew up <coughs> wanting to play for and um, yeah, against a team that 
uh, you sort of grew up around in the nights and that sort of stuff. So um, it was pretty special. Mate, on that, the Viking clap, what's that feeling like? You guys congregate, you stand in the tunnel, you've got your cue, you know when to go onto the field. I, I almost see it as an entertainment aspect, a bit like the pro wrestling where backstage you're just pumping yourself up, waiting for that note to hit and charge, off you go. Yeah, it does get you, it does get you G'd up when you're sitting there. You've got to try and control your emotions a little mm. bit, I guess. Um, especially when you look around and you've got Big Papa and that staring there ready to go. And um, even the army fellas out there on the drums or uh, whatever they make that noise with, and then yeah. they've got the the Viking horn and all that sort of stuff. It's um, it's actually pretty awesome how the how Raiders have uh, sort of come and that's our own sort of thing at the yeah. moment. Mate, back to the debut. Ricky and the Raiders as a club, they actually make a big deal of someone's debut, don't they? Yeah, they do, mate. It's um, <clears throat> when someone debuts for, the, debuts for the club, you never see Stick sort of handing out jerseys. So um, when it's someone's time to step up, he makes a big deal of it. Really, really cool. Who was that debut more special for? This is a, an odd question. Was it more special for you or more special for the family who have been there the whole journey, have seen the good, the bad times? Um, I'd imagine it's as special, if not more special, for them? Yeah. Um, it was obviously special for myself, but um, doing it for your family, it gives it another sort of edge mm. to it as well. And mum and then and all that sort of stuff, always knew that ever since I was a kid, my dream was to play in NRL. So um, when one of their kids get to achieve their yeah. dream, it's, uh, it's a special feeling for them. Thanks for the chat, mate. That is a really awesome insight. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. Josh Barlow is this week's winner of the Unfiltered Cap with a cracking review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, legend. It's a beauty, and so are you. And we're done on another episode of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. If you're enjoying the content, tell your mates, tell your Uber driver, the bloke at work, even your in-laws, whoever. Spread the word, legends. Everyone's welcome here. Be staunch and help your old mate out. Throw a five-star rating and review on the app you're listening on. I'm giving out free wristies for that one too. It's time for the weekend. Time to grab a pizza, open a couple of coldies, have a crack on the punt. Don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last.